Hello and welcome to our Poppin' Bottle. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Kayla Mason Garvin. Hi, my name is Justin Ganaway. And we are both two weeks away, a mere two weeks away from graduating from a prestigious Midwestern university that we only attend online now. <laughs> um, every week uh, we bring you podcasts. Well, every kind of every week, you know, COVID-19 has sort of thrown our schedule off, but about every week we uh, bring you a podcast where we discuss current events in pop music news, as well as one album by a non-male pop star. Um, so every week we start our segment by asking which pop star do we feel like this week and Justin has requested that I go first this time this week I feel extremely talented I also feel like like I have fewer prospects and money than I ever have in my life and that I've been betrayed by a lot of men so I feel like Judy Garland (laughs) who do you feel like Justin (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just processing. don't never apologize uh, um thank you for your patience i <laughs> um i was listening to rupaul's podcast this week and robin was the guest and um he was like why do you think Swedish pop is just like better than the rest of like pop music and she was like well there's just like a melancholy that you guys don't understand and I feel like in the past few weeks I've begun to understand the melancholy that she's talking about and so I feel like Robin this week. I love that. Speaking speaking of Swedish melancholy, I actually have been, you know, during COVID-19 times, I've been taking up running. So I listen to actually a lot of the songs that have sort of like reappeared on my radar because of the podcast. Um, but I've also on my running playlist, there's uh, a, a number of Robin songs. And also, is ABBA Swedish? Are they, they're the same country, right? Yes. Um, I was listening to the song Waterloo today. Who knew? Excellent running song. Um, let's, uh, we wanted to introduce, oh, I forgot to brush up on the rules of this, but it's going to be fine. We wanted to introduce to you a drinking game because we know um, we're in isolation and people are drinking sometimes the same amount, sometimes more than normal. And regardless, you're going to be drinking at home. So we thought we'd provide you a drinking game if you want to play along with us. Um, However, I have forgotten all the rules. I Um, know. (laughs) I'm asking the the executive producers currently to like pull up the rules. Um, And (laughs) and Aaron is giving me like the finger that says, hold on. And so I'm holding on. But the correspondents are searching. I know it was on an Instagram story at a moment, and I know that we must have sent it to you. Yes, I must have it somewhere. So I'm looking as well. Um, this is must be fascinating to listen to. I'm so, so thrilled you're here with us. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. You should drink every time. Um, either of us says, "Thank you for your patience." That should be a rule. 
And yes. Then, also, at any time that we don't know something and have to look it up live, and you're yes, left hanging, wondering okay, what the fuck the are these bitches I, doing? Well, I've not found them, but Aaron has put them in front of me. Um, so the, the the rule number one: um, they must drink every time we sing, which may be less via uh, Zoom call, but we'll see. Um, I feel like this album is very singable that we're about to cover, which is a secret, but you'll know it soon. Yes, yes. I think we'll, we'll all sing. You'll sing. We'll sing. We'll the, all sing. The next rule is um, rhetorical questions. If either of us uh, asks a rhetorical question, which I've been known to ask from time to time, <laughs> you must drink. Um, and then uh, if either of us laughs when it's not funny, um, <laughs> it's best to drink. <laughs> Um, the next rule is you must drink when we say absolutely which i think our favorite word you're gonna black out because (laughs) um and then the final rule and i think you should take two drinks if not gulp when you hear one of us say i have an interesting take on this slash i have a funny take on this which I don't think either of us are as are overzealous enough to ever say that we have a funny take on it. But I do think we've been known to say I have an interesting take from time to I'm time. I'm going to start saying that just so our listeners at home will drink. Yeah. Um, should we play this game ourselves during this? Is it weird to play it live? Uh, let's play it live. We'll okay. Yeah. We'll try. Um, so, so producer Cameron has said that they're going to keep me accountable. Maybe the producers on your end can keep you accountable for the drinking. They're smiling and nodding. So I think I love it. Okay. So let's dive into our current events. Please drink along with us. I hope you have a great time and I hope you get at least tipsy Um, because why not? All right. So current events, we have uh, the first item up is a music video drop from Sam Smith featuring Demi Lovato. The song's called I'm Ready. Um, Justin, do you want to describe the aesthetics of this uh, musical video experience? I would be delighted to (laughs) describe the aesthetics. So we like open and it's like moody lighting and we see singlets wrestling singlets but they are sequined they're glittery things are reflecting light and then we see sam smith with his with his with their head tilted like downward and and like in a slanty with like amazing eyeliner they have great eyeliner and they sing us a verse and they're like wrestling with all these boys and heels and corsets and singlets and it's really fun and then um we and then it's time for demi's verse and lights up on demi um on the facing in the opposite direction of the water on a diving board in a full gown with magical french cuffs that kayla and i haven't quite figured out because we don't know what a suit is it a suit it's a a gown it's a like so what it's like a suit jacket gown because she loves a suit jacket gown with a Mm -hmm. top underneath it and then there are French cuffs coming out like from under the suit jacket sleeves. But I don't, I can't, I can't imagine they're actually attached to a sleeve. Um, the cuffs are messy. The cuffs are messy. And, <clears throat> but I also like 
couldn't help but laugh. Like I love Demi like on a on a diving board just wailing. <laughs> I want to know if she like if they actually like truly like she was on that diving board or if it was like her like on a board and on a green screen. Hmm. Um, I feel like she was there. I feel like she was there. It looked like she was there. Like we got it from a lot of angles. So Demi was on a diving board. And then our climax, the two of them are both in like the stretchy gymnastics pants over like a leotard, a long sleeve white leotard, and they both have medals. And they there's a lot of people doing gymnastics around them. Um, and then there's one like quick pop-in scene where Sam Smith is like about to run on the 100 meters and we see him like pop his head up and then we see Gigi Good, Violet Chachki, and other notable queer celebs about to run um, a, a 100 meter dash but they're all in six inch stilettos. So I, I really, I thought it was funny. I thought it was kind of cool. I think it's like everything that we we ever really want from Demi and Sam. And I also think the song was really good. Like I'm definitely adding that to my uh cue. What about you? You're, um I liked it. Um I thought the aesthetics were fun. I thought the song was fun. You know, it's Sam and Demi so they can fucking sing, which we all like to see. Mm. Um so yeah, I'm a fan. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, um, isn't it, I feel like we're just all acknowledging the fact that Gigi Good has won Drag Race. Like, she was already in Sam Smith's, like, video, Sam and Demi's video. Like, are we just going to say it? I don't know. I hope Gigi wins at this point in the competition. Um, Gigi is definitely my personal front runner, and I cannot see another person unseating her um, right now. From what we've seen from the queens, I don't know that anyone else has the range. What about you? Um, I mean, I, I, at this point in the competition, I, I think that she sh- is the clear favorite. I think it would be really funny if Crystal Method just won four challenges in a row and was, <laughs> um, but, and was like a front runner. But I also think like Heidi in Closet's got l- a lot of charisma. She's hilarious. And I, I also- like Heidi, even yeah. though sometimes her, um, like, her presentation is not as polished as some of the other queens. Like, I really like her. Yeah, I agree. But she always finds a way to wink and make it funny. But yeah. Totally. Um, And then I also, I will say, I feel like Jada Essence Hall's, like, polish. Um, Is that, uh, oh God, that's her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think her polish is incredible and overlooked, like especially with like the Ma- the Madonna the Rusical Challenge. We're literally going off the rails, but I like her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, watch Drag Race so you can understand what we just said. Yes. Um, let's talk about Demi Lovato's In Style shoot. She's on the cover of this issue. I, I believe it must be the May issue of In Style. She's mm-hmm. wearing on the cover sort of like an uh, orange dress and in the spread, she's doing sort of a parachute themed shoot. Um, yeah. What do you think about this shoot? Um, I thought it was fun and pretty. Like the, it's their beauty issue. So I won't like take issue with the fact that 
um, the fashion. Like, I mean, we've seen a, like a beautiful, a beautifully ruffled, frothy, frothy tool dress a hundred times at this point. So I don't think it was particularly innovative as far as the fashion goes. But I thought her beauty was really nice, um, and I thought like it was funny, like to see her in a parachute. Um, and I loved all the memes that have like. Um, come from it. So I was like, yes, Demi, give me a little uh, a cover shoot. This is good. What about you? I liked it. I thought that the the sh- shot that's actually on the cover of the magazine is really great. Demi looks great and like the there's a nice color story going throughout the whole shoot. Um, I do feel like the parachute thing um, like has been done a lot, including very recently when Beyonce launched her most recent Ivy Park collection. Yeah. Um, and so I had my eye on that. But I mean, like a parachute shoot happens quite frequently. It just, I feel like was a little bit close in timing and sort of like look to the Beyonce Ivy Park drop. But then yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I think you're right. The color theory was similar in both of the shoots. So we're mad. (laughs) We're mad. No, but I liked it though. I'm not mad actually. I just, I just feel like, you know, and, and things of course come in trends and waves. And as we learned in 13 going on 30, it is very easy for one magazine to be similar in style to another because Judy Greer is selling them out. Um, Let's talk a little bit about this Disney special. It aired tonight, which is we're recording on Thursday, April 16th. Um, Disney aired a special, a sing-along special in which many pop stars as well as Disney Disney stars contributed to a a very weird sort of variety show, which was mostly sort of like sing-alongs filmed at home by stars of varying quality. Like some of them were clearly on their phones shooting like selfie videos. Some of them had like professional lighting and camera setups. Some of them had professional mics. Some of them did not have good audio quality. Um, So of the ones, um, of the sort of segments of this, I feel like the the segments that we as a podcast are most interested in are probably, of course, Beyonce, um, Ariana Grande, um, and uh, Demi Lovato also sang a song, as well as Christina Aguilera. Um, I will say that um, I thought the whole thing was quite weird. Um, and this sort of like foreshadows our next item that we're going to talk about, which is the one world concert that's airing on Sunday. Um, but like the, the sort of great variance in quality of videos and, and the idea that everyone's sort of at home filming this, um, it was weird. I, I will say I did not, not enjoy it, but it, like was sort of jarring in that way um i yeah i i i did not see it but i did see the stuff that you put on the art pop and bottles insta story but i feel like I, I i am kind of familiar with everything that's going like all of the media that we're seeing via zoom and it like i really it depends on the video quality for how soothed or not soothed i am by uh by the stars that are appearing like I saw Carrie Washington do like Miley Cyrus's talk show and Carrie was very calming she had a great placement for her camera the video quality was great the sound was amazing and I felt good about it but I don't feel good about some of the grainy videos that we're seeing from people <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so speaking of grainy, grainy videos, on Sunday, we're doing a One World concert. Um, and I believe, uh, I'm trying to think if this is the same name. What I, what I am re recalling is that it's sort of the same con concept as like this huge concert that happened for like AIDS awareness mm -hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s. Is that get, is it under the same name? Was it called One World in the 80s, 90s? Do we know? No, it was the producers are shaking their head that it's not the same. It was name. live eight. Was it live aid at that point? But live it's sort of this the same concept where a bunch of huge stars come together to um do a less sort of like a cause concert um so among the stars performing on sunday we have um sam smith camila cabello sean mendez who let's just talk for very briefly about how weird they've been in quarantine um they look bad casey musgraves billy eilish lizzo and then among the stars who are we assume presenting um sarah jessica parker heidi klum david and victoria beckham um what do you think about this idea this concept this concert before i mean i will probably be releasing this um podcast the concert may have already happened but at, so you know we're recording this on thursday the concert has yet yet to happen i mean i'll certainly watch like i am truly excited to see what's gonna happen will we get stupid love ballad version uh, on the piano because god willing we do um or will we get something else entirely um i'm i know that lizzo can slay this so i'm excited about that um i mean i do think yes yes is the idea derivative of live aid of course, but at this point, like it's been done so many times at this point that it, it, it almost becomes just sort of the norm in response to something like this. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not mad that they're doing it. I am excited for it, but I, I do think you're right. It takes a certain like um, a certain curatorial quality to make something like this, especially because it has to be stitched together with at-home videos um, to make something like this hopeful. And we'll see if it actually is. I don't know. What do you think? So we have a small... I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's probably going to be a shit show, but... I'm excited. Um, we have a small announcement that we, uh, the team of Art Poppin' Bottles is going to watch this and post it live on Instagram. We'll probably drop the episode about this episode about a day before the concert. So if you're listening and One World hasn't yet happened, um, if you want to watch it with us, we'll be on Instagram live talking shit. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait for It's going to be stupid. I need a new box of wine for the occasion. Oh my God. Well, you have to is the thing, but like Kroger like goes through periods of not having the wine boxes and having the wine boxes. So it's really dark. I have only been able to find small boxes for the longest time. And a small box is two bottles of wine, which mm -hmm. is still, I think, um, more economically and ecologically sound that than buying two bottles of wine but it's close it's close yeah um the last thing we wanted to mention is selena has a new selena gomez we should say has a new music video out um look it up if you want 
Yeah, watch it. We haven't. <laughs> we haven't watched it, but we figure she's a podcast regular, so we might as well. I also wanted to bring up one quick thing before we move into the album, which is that um, I'm curious as to if you've seen this on the internet, um, which is that <clears throat> Raven Simone uh, famously sort of had a feud with Keely Williams of, of Cheetah Girls. And so they haven't really spoken since they filmed, uh, I think, Cheetah Girls too. And so during this quarantine, Raven called Keely on Instagram Live. They had a conversation where they buried their beef. And then Raven, who remained on live with question mark a peanut butter jelly sandwich in her hand, uh-huh. um, starts cackling. She starts literally cackling, says, wow, eats a bite of the sandwich. And then eventually she says that that went a lot better than I thought. But she cackles for maybe a full minute, at least a full 60 seconds, maybe a tight 90. Um <laughs> It's incredible. I, uh, it's the basis for so many memes. Have you seen this? I have seen this, but only in meme version. I did not know. You the didn't content. know the origin. No, no, no. I had no idea what the lead up was to this. So I'm really, really interested. Uh, like to uh, to have to, like, did you watch the full conversation? How like what? Watch the part where they made up. Okay. Um, and Keely actually sort of acknowledged that she is prone to like, as I think she said, like I'm prone to say say shit all the time to like start shit. And so she and Raven, um, she's raven then said like i release any negative feelings i have towards you at this time and they made up it was weird and cool (laughs) i think raven's psychic honestly like (laughs) that's so raven yeah i think she's actually really psychic the whole thing is for real that was a reality show and um i'm thrilled um but i did see that in meme version and i do feel like corona has a weird quality of like making people make up like Mm. did you see or like talk to reach out to people that you haven't talked to in a long time did you see that miley like invited selena on her talk show oh my god did you watch any of it no did you yeah, it was wild. They were both just like talking about their therapist the entire time. They were both like, therapy <laughs> is so important. <laughs> I love that. I love that for them. That's great. You know, Disney stars need therapy. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And yeah. Hillary Duff should refer them all to the same therapist, honestly. Hillary Duff seems to be doing great. I admire her a lot. But she did dye her hair blue during Corona. We're getting off the rails again, but she did. It's okay. Um, she's done it in the past. She's had blue hair before, yeah. um, but that makes me worried. <laughs> I'm at some point. I'm gonna dye my hair, and it's gonna be an event. Um, I also have realized, and I'm trying to make peace with the fact six months, uh, not six months, six weeks in advance that I, I'm gonna turn thirty in quarantine. I'm going to turn 30 in quarantine, and um, if you're listening to this, my birthday is June 2nd, text me. (laughs) It's just going to be sad. I know it's going to be sad. Um, Venmo. Venmo is the only answer. ah, Yes, Venmo me. Oh, that's so great. That's such a great idea. Thank you. 
Um, my handle, I believe, is Kayla-Garvin, K-A-E-L-A-G-A-R-V-I-N. And you'll know it's me if there's a um, an avatar of crying Kim Kardashian. Um, so moving on into the album we're discussing this week, this is going to be very exciting and maybe a potential brawl. No clue. I'm excited to get into it. We are discussing Born This Way by Stephanie Germanata. This was released on uh, May 23rd, 2011. Justin, where were you when Stephanie dropped Born This Way? Uh, (laughs) um in 2011 i would have been a soft or no this was okay yeah 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 i would have been a sophomore in high school um the so i admittedly was a gaga fan late like i like the first album i bought of hers and like became a fan of like during the time of gaga was actually art pop so this is something that i wow i know this is something that i've like enjoyed retrospectively after i got into her catalog in her career um and so i but it like it holds like a really lovely place in my heart because i like it is um it is such like a wildly gaga gaga album and um i'm realizing that i like literally forgot to write notes about this album like i just listened to it and i'm just ready to speak off the cuff so this is probably going to be a wild episode for me but chaos i can't fucking (laughs) where were you when it was released may 23rd 2011 i was wrapping up um my time um at undergrad I was just about to turn 21, um, and yeah, I was in New York. I was living my life. I remember, I remember this album coming out. I remember listening to it when it came out, and we'll sort of get into um, my thoughts on it. But it wasn't in heavy rotation for me. Um, there was something that I wanted to say, but I forget what it was. Which, um, what was it about? Um, oh, it was to remind our audience that during our <clears throat> worst episode of the decade, Justin and I actually very, very briefly discussed this album because if I remember correctly, this is your number one album of the past decade. Is this correct? I'm pretty sure it was number two, but I could be missing. What was your number one? Um, it was, I think this was your number one. You, Aaron's shaking her head. It was my number one. <laughs> I get drunk on these episodes. Who am I supposed to remember? Well, because I, I what I am thinking is this: this is going to be a brawl. Is because I remember getting into it with you about this episode on our work uh, about this album on our worst episode of the decade. So yeah. we're about to get into it again. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, let's talk a little bit about gossiping context for this album. Um, Justin, you wanted to talk about the drop of this album. Can you provide our listeners with some info? Yeah, there is some controversy surrounding the drop of this album because like, it technically is the album that sold the most for Gaga in her first week. It kind of regarded as her smash and like the peak of her career to date. Um, uh, and but bec- but the reason sh- so she sold over a million copies in her first week. The reason she sold that many albums, um, as hypothesized by many people, is that it was released on Amazon Music for six ninety nine for like uh, like a, a discounted rate. Um, 
And like, like for those who are not used to paying for albums, that's cheap. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Albums in 2011, if I remember, just for context for like, maybe we have young fans. Like in 2011, I remember albums costing between $99 and $14.99. Is that accurate? That's um, for this album in particular, it would have been $14.99 regular price because it had 17 tracks on it. Some of the albums that like were a 12 track or uh, 11 track album, then they would be like $12.99 or $13.99. So this was, yes, like a like a discounted pop album and it was run like I believe it was also a, a, along the debut of like Amazon Prime or something like that. But I would have to be fact checked on that. Some of the listeners are like, no, that's not correct. But A lot of people um, say that, like, the reason she sold over a million copies is because she ran that special. Um, And I don't know. I think that's a good, that's something interesting to talk about because, yes, I I think, of course, people were incentivized to buy this album because it was cheaper. But I also, like, I don't think that that's the only reason it sold over a million copies. Like, you still have people shelling out some amount of money for, like, a collection of tracks. And she was like the pop star of the time. Um, and it was like a smash record. So like, I don't think we can necessarily um, like take away from the accomplishment of selling over a million copies in one week, especially when you compare that to albums that drop now, like in the streaming era. Like I think Sweetener maybe sold two to 300,000 copies its first week. So I don't know. I th- I think it's a huge accomplishment that she had, but I would love to hear your thoughts on on the drop and all of that. Well, I feel like yeah, it is a sort of an unfair advantage to be essentially half putting your album at half price or less than half price um compared to other artists. Um I also think that like you know, 2011 is sort of a different time in terms of buying music, although I think we're already starting to see the shift towards, um, you know, not buying music. The idea of streaming, the idea of getting revenue from other sources than the actual purchase of albums. So I think um, it was a smart move for Gaga. It certainly paid off for her. Um, and uh I think uh, this is sort of when we start to see like the shift towards, yeah, streaming music and in not buying albums. So to pull those numbers, even in 2011, which is now almost a decade ago, it's still very impressive, no matter how fucking on sale this album was. Um, Yeah, I think it's impressive. Um, I think there was one other context piece that you wanted to bring up, but I didn't write it down. Do you remember what it was? Nope. <laughs> Chaos. This episode's a mess. You're welcome. Let's talk about the tracks. Um, okay. Let's get into it. Okay. <clears throat> Mary the Night, track one. Thoughts? Mary the Night. Um, music reviewers love this track. Um, they, I've like, I've read like three to four reviews on this album. This track is the one that they always bring up about, like, they think the, the, like the lyrics are really nice. Um, they think that it's like, uh, that it's orchestrated beautifully, that the production is good. I have to say, like, I don't think this is a, like a pop music darling of a track, but I do think I really enjoy listening to it because of like the guitar heavy quality to it because I think it introduces this very like 80, 80s like um, 
like stadium pop vibe very well. And I also think it's like quintessential Gaga of like like partying in a shitty bar in New York. Like that that whole aesthetic that like in that like sort of punkish vibe that she started out in. So I I really like this track a lot. And I it's sweeping. It's got the vocals that we want from Gaga. What do you think? I love this song. I think it's a great way to open the album. I agree with the critics. Like, I think musically, this is one of the best songs on the album. I think it's a great way to kick off this um, this oeuvre. Um, and yeah, I don't really have any critiques of it. I think it's fun. Um, I will mention at the top here that <clears throat> when I did my first listen of the album Born This Way f- as research for this podcast, um, I was I had started a run and I, when I started the run, um, my phone froze and I could not change anything about the music I was listening to (laughs) from the volume to what track it was. And so I listened to a lot of these songs for the first time in a long time on a run. So I'll be noting through, um, throughout this episode, how these songs were to run to this one. Fantastic. 10 out of 10. Um, should we talk? Let's talk born this way. Thoughts on born this way. Talk born this way. So we famously have already kind of had a discussion about this, um, track. We have listened to the worst episode of the decade. Listened to the worst episode of the decade. I'm embarrassed to admit that it's like, it's not something that I had thought critically about um, early on. And I really, uh, especially after hearing your argument, I I would love to see Gaga, um, Gaga address this later in her career or at least talk about it and i think that she, I, I think that it's something that she should talk about um i like do i think the intentions were good with this track sure but it, it, it was obviously like it, it was obviously something that she didn't um i i think through fully and i i i don't i don't appreciate the language and i i think that um if she's going to do a track that's this, that is supposed to be this inspirational, that's supposed to be an anthem like this, then the the lyrics could have been written way more thoughtfully. And I would love to see what she, how she addresses it now. What about you? I think that's a super interesting question. Like, will she ever, and I'm curious, like I haven't looked up interviews about this album, if anyone's ever asked her about this song, because there is an online discourse about this song that is not favorable. Yeah. Um, I think the lyrics here are like just so cringe. The the one the one that like really stands out that gets repeated a lot. Um I think it's no matter black, white, or beige, chola or orient made, like yikes, girl. Like, no, that's like a yikes, that's a no. Um, and there's a lot, I think, of <laughs> problematic moments on this album. And she starts it off on track two. Um I, what's sad is that I think the song is a bop and I think it will always be pr- played at Prides for the next 50 years. I think it will, you know, have a place in American pop culture. So I do wish it wasn't so cringe for her sake as much as for ours, because I don't think history will be kind to this song. Although, I mean, the gays are going to play it and we're going to dance. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Like I, like it, I, it actually calls to mind. There's like a deep cut Taylor Swift track um, where she's like, yes, that's fine. I'll tell mine that you're gay. And then she changed the lyrics to that's fine. Um, you don't mind if I say, by the way, I hate that super <laughs> thing. She should we sing for, should we sing Born This Way? 
I'm on the right track, baby. I was born to be brave. Yes, we sang drink. We sang, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the executive producers were telling me to drink before we even started singing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did it. We sang. Um, I'm gonna marry the night. Okay, now you know how marry the night sounds. Drink again. Um, we should sing a little bit of each of these songs because I feel like we both have a good grasp on the melodies here. We do. Um, just make our listeners at home just feel the buzz. Um, should we talk about <laughs> track three? <laughs> what? What? I'm actually Government hookah. <laughs> Wait, I love this track. I love it. <laughs> I think it's Okay, what do you like about it? It's so stupid. I love the JFK <laughs> reference. Uh, oh my god. In it, I think that's hilarious. And then the person who's like the man that's doing like the um the like vocal like the spoken word section of it is her bodyguard that she just like brought in to do the vocals on it because he had a low voice so she was just like hey get in here do the vocals on it so i think this track is stupid i don't but i also like i don't think like there are themes like attempts at themes of empowerment throughout this album none of them ever quite work but um it's a funny track (laughs) i okay I like the head voice at the beginning. We have sort of a number of very interesting intros to these songs. And I will say this sort of like starts off for me, like the really interesting intro intros of the album. Um, I think this song is like so stupid, borderline offensive. I can't tell whether or not it is sex positive. I'm like, I think it's sex positive, but I, I feel like she has some baggage she's carrying around with her. And um, I do like the hook. Like that's funny. Um, The song is funny, but it's like, like it's bad, but I like it, but it's bad. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad, but it's so, it's so quirky that like you can remember it. She like, it's memorable and it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It's called government hooker. Like I just, (laughs) and it's track three. She's like, okay, we're going to start with Mary the night. We'll move on to a queer empowerment anthem. And then we're going to play government hookah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay. And now, shoot us. Shoot us. Um, I've had this song stuck in my head since I started running to this song. This song is a great song to run to. <laughs> I love this song. I do think it's like five songs mashed together. Like I actually been listening to it a number of times. Like I don't think it goes together. Like there is that section that's like I'm just another honey. That doesn't go with the rest of the that doesn't go with dude ah dude ah like it doesn't it's not the same song. However, I love this song. I've had it stuck in my head. This is one of my top songs of the album, I think. Thoughts? I love this track from Gaga. It holds a special place in my heart. Like this is technically her sophomore album, even though she did like the Fame Monster, which was a deluxe version of the Fame. But, like, when we, like, want 
um, a, like what we want from a sophomore album is not for them to change their sound and aesthetic entirely, but for them to be like bigger, badder, better than they were before. And like this to me is like one of the baddest tracks that she's done. Um, and it's like, I think that it's like got that like electronic music vibe to it. Like that chorus is just so production heavy in such a great way. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I love it. Um, and I also think that like she, like she wanted two things from this album. She wanted it to sound like 80, 80s stadium pop. And then she wanted it to sound like um, electro, like EDM that you, like someone made in a German garage. And like, I believe it with, Judas like I love how fucking crazy the chorus is (laughs) perfect let's talk about track five Americano Americano um I read an article an article where they were like she was channeling Judy Garland in the intro (laughs) and I was like oh my god I don't think that's what she was doing there (laughs) channeling Judy in the racist part of a star is born like what are we doing like (laughs) Like this, this track is so yikes. It's so cringe. I do think it's really funny, but um, so for uh, those who are not familiar with the song, it starts with this intro where she's like, I had a girl who I loved in the barrio. And then she starts singing la 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 la. And then um, the sort of like the hook is like, oh, how does it go? America, America, no. Um, it's a yikes from me. Like, it's not, at least it's not boring, but what do you think? Um, yeah, I do. Well, it's a yikes. Like, as far as like the, the intent of it, like the, how that intention was realized. Like she was like, I'm making a political track about like, immigration and I was like sweetie that's not what you're doing you're just like this is exoticism at its finest so I don't or at its worst I don't know um it's not it's I don't think that it's accomplishing what she wants to accomplish um I think aesthetically the production um like works and is good but like the lyrics are terrible so I don't know um I will I listen to it and sing to it absolutely do I understand why it's bad yes (laughs) Well, the production for me, like it, it is in line with the song, like it's accomplishing the same thing that the song wants, but it's also sort of like, who greenlit this? How, like at least 10 people greenlit this, like this is a fucking disaster. Um, and, and for those who haven't, who are blessed enough to have not heard the song, it's actually quite catchy, but like the production is like a lot of like claps and a lot of sort of like mariachi-esque sounds, um, a lot of sort of like guitar, like, like, like Mexican style guitar. I mean, it's, um, it's a choice. It's a, it's a series of choices. I do like have to say and bring up, um, I what I think is maybe an iconic performance of it um, of like Leah Michelle and Kate Hudson doing a dance battle to Americano on Glee. I've never seen this. Oh my god! It's truly iconic. It's what? so funny. It's wait. Uh, I'm looking it up after we record this episode. That's wild. And you should too. Look it up. Yeah. What look the it up. Heck. It's, 
it's a piece of pop culture history that's seared into my brain. Uh, I'm truly dead. I can't believe that I like, well, cause I watched part of the part where Kate Hudson was on Glee, but I don't remember this and I'm scared. I'm scared to watch it. Let's <laughs> talk about hair. What do you think about hair? Hair. This is track six. Where Americano may be uh, Lady Gaga at her political worst, I think hair is Lady Gaga at her like political best. Like best. Like this is the lane that Lady Gaga should stick to. She's like, I'm kooky. I'm weird. Um, embrace your weirdness. Be a dumb art kid. And I think it's fun. I think it's a fun part of Lady Gaga's brand that she obviously like changes wigs every other second in her early career. Um, and I saw her like at her Thanksgiving special, um, sing this song and she's at a piano, like doing a ballad version. And then she just keeps like grabbing like wigs or like extensions or clip-ins and just clipping it to like the same wig. I think it's a really (laughs) heartwarming moment from Gaga. (laughs) I actually really dislike this song. This might be one of my least favorite songs on the album. I just think that like, okay, so here are some lyrics. Um, this is my prayer that I'll die living just as free as my hair. Like, I just feel like when, like, like when white people sing about their hair as like, I'm free. Like, I just, it's like your hair is under a wig too. Like your hair is under a wig. Your hair is not free. Mm. I'm, your hair is not free. You, you haven't worn your real hair out since 2007 honey like even the parts of your hair that is real is like bleached to shit because people kept confusing you with amy winehouse (laughs) so like is your hair free i don't know but um i don't i i like the sax solo on this song i like the saxophone um thing i don't love this song but i do think it is funny like a lot of the songs that i don't like on this album at least it's not boring she tried it and i personally just don't love it fair enough i i mean i don't know i think sure her hair was under a wig but like she felt she was feeling herself in a wig like many of us feel ourselves in a wig and i think it's about as opposed to like the freedom of the pin curls that you've created to put your wig (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk about shisa oh let's do it let's do it this is fucking funny (laughs) Yeah. I think the, the key word for this album is hilarious. <laughs> um, what what do you like about it? Yes, I like the part where she speaks in German. I think her German is the best of the foreign languages that she speaks things on this album. Um, Americano obviously showcasing horrendous Spanish. And I like the German is also not good, but it's it's, it's not funny. Real. You know that, right? <laughs> She's like speaking gibberish. It's gibberish. Gibberish. That's why it's, I mean, but it sounds like, and she's like speaking it in rhythm. I feel like that's why it works. Yeah, it works. And she's not, she's like speaking what she thinks German is (laughs) instead of like real German. And because in the lyrics, she literally says, I don't speak German, but I can if you like. <laughs> like um, well, she says that in Americano, too. She's like, I, I don't speak your language. Oh, no, whatever. Um, yeah, what, yeah, so what do you think about Shai? This is like a, like, um, this is one of, like, the Monsters' favorite songs. Like, they will not so let funny. her 
do an arena tour or do like her Vegas residency without doing Shiza. Like it mm. must be on the set list. She always does it. She loves doing it. I love watching it. Um, I think it's, I, I, I think this song is objectively good. I will say it's, I do. I think it's good. Um, and I like, um, I like it a lot. <laughs> For me, it's, it's, it is like bottom half of the album. I just like can't, you know, and I've listened to this album a number of times in preparation for recording this episode, but I think we hit a slump around here. Like we're going to get into the next few tracks, but I do feel like this sort of, for me, starts the slump of the album um, where, you know, at least the first six tracks, whether or not I think they're actually good or at, are at least like sort of attention grabbing with like a great hook. I can't remember this hook. I've listened to it a number of times. I tried to write down the hook, still can't remember it. Mm -hmm. um, should we talk about Bloody Mary? Let's do it. Um, I love the beginning. I think um, um, uh, among the great intros of this album, I like the the sort of like plucked string beginning of this of this track. Um, I do think the um, references are a little bit garbled on this. Like lyrically, it doesn't totally make sense to me why she's referencing Bloody Mary. Like the 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 lyric doesn't match my cultural knowledge of Bloody Mary. Um, however, I don't think it's a bad song. It's just not for me um, one of the most memorable songs of the album. What do you think? Um, I don't. I so I take a little. I uh, so okay. We've seen like the trope of referencing religion in music is. A, a plenty like we've seen right. Madonna do it another album that came out around this time we've reviewed was with Katy Perry where she did writing on the wall um like we see a lot of religious inflected tracks throughout um pop history I quite like we also see song. it on this album with Judas of course with Judas um and then we and then we talked about ceremonials um where Florence did Seven Devils. Like this, this track is a lot like Seven Devils for me. It's particularly Catholic. I think it's wild. I, I think the references should be garbled because, I mean, especially in 2011, L Lady Gaga was like walking this like fine line of like controversial in order to like, um, I mean, I think that she had a clear artistic vision for it, but like, I also think that she was fine if people were offended and like, she like, just like Madonna, she likes to play with how like quote unquote offensive she can become um, be, to, to just, uh, um, and so I, I, I like this track a lot. I think the production's really nice. I think it's really creepy. I think it's in line with Lady Gaga's aesthetics. Um, and this, again, is something she does frequently on tour. Like, Bloody Mary is a deep cut that people love. Um, and it's, it's good. You're right. The intro is creepy. It's got some strings to it. I like it. <laughs> Bad kid. Um, a key lyric. Yeah, I'm a bad kid. Don't know wrong from right. <laughs> Sing the line. Don't be insecure if your heart is pure. Uh, 
Don't be insecure if your heart is pure. Okay, you so yeah. good to me. Great. You're I'm back it, baby. Um, I think this song is hilarious, but not good. Again, like many of the songs on this album, like I just think like the lyrics are uh you can't even like like are what are we going for here like what like lyrically are we trying to say anything like I don't that particularly stands out as a mention of like my parents divorced and it was my fault because I'm a bad kid like I'm just sort of like I don't know to me it's neither um it's like almost bad like it's bad enough to be enjoyable certainly but I don't know if she's aware of what she's doing at all times because this sounds like it comes from an in from an um from a a genuine or like um like a what what's the word I'm looking for earnest place I disagree. I so I feel like with with bad kid kids with hair um we see a little bit of it on um black jesus amen fashion um we see her like playing kind of with her adolescence we see her playing with like the period of time in her life where she was like rebelling against her parents was like trying to figure out who she was um and it caused a lot of turmoil in her life and that's like and that's some trauma that she is exploring I mean, are some of the lyrics convoluted? Sure, but like a, a lot of our pop stars' lyrics are convoluted, and these at least have uh, they have a, a nice poetic quality to them. They have interesting references, and some of them are stupid. Some of them aren't, but I think that um, I think that the her fan base at that point, like she called them the little monsters. Like they were these like weird kids who didn't feel like they belonged and I think she created a space with bad kids with hair um and some of her other tracks for these uh kids to relate to and for them to like find themselves and to listen to as like an escapist quality from their own um traumatic lives so I like this song a lot Highway Unicorn thoughts <laughs> Highway Unicorn this is her Whitney track I think this one's oh wait no this isn't sorry it's Fashion of His Love that's her Whitney track do, do we Wait I didn't do it the deluxe version my last track is Edge of Glory Oh I'm on the Deluxington version oh no I don't know if I can speak to the the deluxe version I think I can only speak to the original release is that going to be okay That's completely fine um so we'll skip that sorry I I have down for fashion of his love that this is her Whitney track and that comes before Highway Unicorn in the deluxe version so that's why I said that um Highway Unicorn fun kooky wild I like it <laughs> Um I wrote down what I mean sure this is not a strong song and then I wrote down the lyrics I'm on a road to love can you sing that to us um I can't remember it she's like I'm on a road like road takes up some time and then she adds to love to love that's like after that um I'm not gonna do the road lick because (laughs) that's too long (laughs) 
<laughs> I wrote after I wrote down that lyric, I like this section, but like dot dot dot, meaning that I found the lyrics. Oh, I can lacking. do it. I figured it out. I'm on the road. I'm on the road to love. That's it. Yeah. Um, drink again. Um, yeah, I I you know, sure. Like I like that part of the song. I think this part this song has some catchy parts. Um but I am not, you know, I'm not crazy about it. Heavy metal lover. I want your whiskey mouth all over my blonde south. <laughs> that line is genuinely funny. The one thing, actually, this is a deal breaker for me on the song that she says, heavy metal lover, heavy metal lover. And the scansion on it drives me fucking crazy. Like, because, and I'm going to get sort of like dramatist about this and sort of like literary, but it's yeah. true. So the way that heavy metal lover is, is pronounced in American English is in each of those words, the, the emphasis is on the first, um, uh, on the first uh, syllable, heavy metal lover. So, in so, but the way she pronounces it in the song with the musicality is heavy metal lover. So she's doing what's called I am's instead of trochees. I am's being a rhythm that's like da 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 da. How Shakespeare writes instead of trochees, double double toil and trouble. And so her saying heavy metal lover, heavy metal lover, it drives me fucking insane. I can't deal with it. I wish that I could listen to the song without thinking about it, but every time she sings it, I'm like, I think I'm going to pass away. <laughs> um, Jer, so our executive producer, Jeremy Smith, was making a lot of faces during while you were saying that, and I just would like him to jump in real quick because I feel like he has something to say. Jeremy, what do you have to say to me? <laughs> Alanis Morissette did it. <laughs> Yeah, I, on what on what track? It's iconic. On what track? All of them. Well, but like, what? Can you give us an exam? Oh, sure. Um, she makes the word rain three syllables. Well, but that's not the same thing as like. I feel like like playing with how a word is emphasized is different than repeatedly sort of like mispronouncing words words with no with no gain in sight like the way that Alanis sings rain like like rain like this is it's like the the key part of the phrase whereas like v of heavy and tall of metal like it it's it's emphasizing the wrong part whereas like Alanis fucks with the word rain to emphasize the word rain because that's what matters in the phrase. Yes. I would also suggest you listening to Unsent and other various. <laughs> Kayla is raising songs. her she eyebrows. Is. She's raising her eyebrows. I wrote it down. I'll listen to Unsent. I just have a problem. And I think that there is there is a value in in mispronouncing words to add sort of like interest, intrigue to, to perk our ears up. But I see no rhyme or reason for it on this track and it drives me fucking insane. Well, uh, I mean, she, I... 
I disagree with that <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, however, I think with this track, like it, it, it's to me, I, I love that it was included because it does um, have so many different aesthetics. It has that sort of EDM electro pop aesthetic that uh, that Lady Gaga is famous for, but it also combined like she has always been um, inspired by like. Um, southern rock and like heavy metal and I I love the mixing of the two I think it has really fun lyrics Um, however they are structured I believe that they're well written Um, (laughs) well written I'm sorry you love Mariah Carey and she likes to talk about circles so (laughs) well but what I will say is that like her um like there, I I find that sometimes Mariah's lyrics are inane, but like in her songs, like the the musical structure mirror, mirrors the lyrics in a way that I don't see here. Like circles has a lot of like the like like musical circles and musical like repeated phrases, whereas I don't see the same sort of like 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 musical and lyrical sort of connectivity on this particular track. Lady Gaga's, especially in this album, is not going for connectivity at all. Like, to, like... Well, then what the fuck is she going for? Like, I don't... This, to me, is, like, it's... uh, This album is a a lot like a collage for me. Like, I think I love the tracks being disjointed. I love her pulling from different aesthetics. I love Lady Gaga. I mean, is famous for being referential. And, And, like, I don't see that as a bad quality about her at all. I think that she is fascinated by so many different things. She curates them um, to varying degrees in different tracks, but it's always exciting. It's always innovative. It's always really, really, um, fun and cool and it's different. And like the reason why we're, we were captivated by her as a nation and still are is because it's something new and it's, but it's, um, but it's cool. And it's, it's really, I think, um, fun to listen to. It gives us 80s, but it gives us something new. So I have a lot of quibbles with what you just said, but I also really need a break. Can we take a mini break? Let's take a mini break. I don't know if I okay. can pause. I'm pausing the record. No, let's just pause. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to our Pop and Bottles. We had just left off where I had quibbles with Justin. Um, and we're going to get into this. We're still on the track of Heavy Metal Lover. We're going to get into the last three tracks of the song. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to address some things that you said because I think you had mentioned um, <clears throat> that Lady Gaga is sort of referential. And I totally agree with that. I think a lot of this album is predicated on referencing like big movements of music, which I love. Like I love her conversation with pop culture, but I don't know that she's always like pushing it forward. Like particularly when we listen to tracks that are like clearly referencing another track, I think it's very sort of like well known that like there's sort of a little bit of beef between um, Lady Gaga and Madonna that has waxed and waned over time. Like at times they've actually been beefing. At times it's sort of just like a charade for for the for us for <laughs> for their queer fans. Um, but 
I do think that like born this way is very um, clearly sort of linked to express yourself and both musically, like sonically and lyrically. Um, and I feel like I don't know that Lady Gaga is always pushing things forward. Like I do feel like um, the there definitely is an evolution of sound from Express Yourself to Born This Way in terms of like production. But I feel like like lyrically, this is actually like way more problematic than a lot of the stuff that Madonna has put out. And Madonna herself is really problematic. So I just am not, to, I, th I think that like this does sort of like sound like 2011 in a certain way. I like that she's in conversation with other artists, but I also think that sometimes it ends up being um, oh, there was a word that I thought of. Um, it ends up being sort of like, um, instead of referential, it ends up being, oh, I'll never think of the word again, and my argument is ruined. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like, it, it ends up being something sort of that falls short for me of, like, of like homage or evolution of the work. Um, but I do think, I do really like her knowledge of pop culture and the way in which she is um, like sonically and lyrically referencing other works on this album. Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Like I, 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 I like getting into the specifics of that, like um, you, you, your argument says basically says that the that born this way doesn't push us any further than express yourself. Um, I've heard the two tracks. I've heard express yourself less. Um, obviously, born this way is racially tone deaf. Um, there's no disputing that. But I do have to say, I feel like the the language when it comes to queer culture. Um, and queer people is much more overt than it is in Express Yourself. I don't think that overt necessarily means furthering the conversation, though. Just because she's throwing these terms around, to me, doesn't necessarily mean that she's engaging in conversation about the issues. Like, just throwing out lesbian, transgender life doesn't mean that you know like that she is actually... Um, like, I do think that that is probably, like, meaningful to hear in 2011, but I also don't know that her just, like, throwing around terms is, like, a step forward. Like, I do think that, like, like there is power in recognition, of course, but I don't know that she's doing it in a way that makes... Well, personally, like, I feel like this song, like, <laughs> like does me harm rather than good. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I like from where I stand in America, I'm like, this song is not helpful to me. Um, and I also think that, like, the discourse, like, sort of leans toward, and this is, it, this was the discourse in 2011, but, but, like, the sort of notion of Born This Way, to me, sort of, like, um, is helpful in in the way that like we're saying like but this this I'm also gonna say later that I think this dialogue is antiquated that like this is not a choice this is this is like the way people are born like specifically being queer or as she also references being racially not white um but I think that and and 
of course that's true, but I also think the, the, the particular language choices of born this way make it seem like if you didn't have an inkling from birth that you were queer or that you were other, um, that like your, your experience is not valid if you realize it later in life. Not necessarily, but I do feel like that's what it's been spun into a little bit that like, if you don't have this like sense about yourself from age two, that you're trans, like experiencing as she would say, transgender life, you know, like people come into themselves at different times and we're not necessarily all born this way. I do think that that this song and this discourse is helpful in 2011 when people are still propagating the idea that being queer or being other is a choice. But I also think um, that like it's a more nuanced discussion that like frankly I'm not totally sure she's inside of. Like I like I don't want to like I do think that you know we must embrace her as part of the queer community because she says she is. Um, but I don't know that she's inside of the experiences that she is trying to, like, talk about. Um, I love you. I have a lot to say <laughs> about that. Um, okay, so we're we're dissecting both of the songs, um, Express Yourself and Born This Way from a perspective in 2020, right? And so mm -hmm. that is a very difficult thing to do because the conversation is constantly expanding and becoming more right. complex as we learn more and more, especially in the um, age of social media where like a lot of queer people have been able to find each other and create a language and create a dialogue and it like uh, the the words that we used in 2020 are completely different from the words we used in 2017 um mm -hmm. and so i um uh, let's start with like I, I when you were talking about that one of the things i was thinking about was the campaign like um that is tone deaf now but like so many celebrities and major figures even like obama jumped on which was like the it's Get, it gets better campaign right. which is Oof, incredibly yeah. problematic now but in its time was like had had good intentions uh, i made fun of it <laughs> i made fun yeah. of it when it came out <laughs> i was like really that's all y'all gotta say i mean yeah. like it helps it like if it helps some people who am i to make fun of it but at the same time i was like this is some bullshit right but i mean that's an example where like the dialogue becomes more complex and it and we like and we realize like the language that we that we should not continue to use and what we should be using going forward and how um, we should be referring to people. But I do think that there is significance just in recognition. And I think that Born This Way was miles ahead of Express Yourself. Um, and so, so that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Oh, and I'm drunk and I can't make further arguments. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, L well, let's leave it at that. <laughs> okay, we'll continue talking about this because I think this is sort of a big picture thing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Electric Chapel. If you want me, meet me in Electric Chapel. If I wrote down, these are my full notes for this song. Do it. Sick guitar intro, bad song, <laughs> sorry. 
No, this is my least favorite track on the album. It's too like, slow. Why are we doing this? And also, if we're gonna eventually inflate this album to eighteen songs, like real, like this one made the cut. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't. It's not my favorite. I I will skip it if it's on. Um, I don't think it's like bad, but I don't think it's like great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, we're getting into the last two tracks of the album. Swoof, breathing a sigh of relief because I feel like we're gonna agree on these last two. You and I, thoughts? I love this track so much. Oh my god, it's incredible. I'm like, I think you maybe hate it, but no, I love it. I think this is one of the one of her best songs she's ever written. I think it's better than Shallow. I know it's better than Shallow. I know it's better than Shallow. I've known that she can do this. For so long and people since 2011. Like, oh no, you and I. Like lyrically, it's beautiful. Um, I love how specific it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I like uh like the references to Nevada, and then she's like Nebraska, 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 Nebraska. Nebraska, 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 I love ya. Um and then Oh uh, God! The what is the what's the line about her heels? Um. Anyways, it's well, it's great. It's it's karaoke gold. It, I think that it's. Um, I think she could have just done an album of this, and it would have been amazing. I yeah, I love this song. I like the video for it. This is also when she started using her alto art alter ego Joe, whoever the fuck, like her male alter ego, which like I thought was sticky and never quite worked for me. But I did like this music video and the use of her alter ego in the music video. Um, I also think that there are several great live performances of this song. I just I have no quibbles with this song. I think it's her at the height of her songwriting powers. Um, unlike, frankly, most of this album, this one really hits. That's wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> wrong. Um, let's talk about Edge of Glory. Uh, I'm on the edge of glory, and I'm hanging on a moment with you. This is great. Yeah, it's great. This is what you this is what you play at the end of a, a rom-com when things are going really well. This is sweeping. This is beautiful. Um I have no qualms with this song. I love this song. I think it's a great song to end this album on. I think actually this last like one two hit of you and I Edge of Glory is a great note to end this album on. I think Edge of Glory is also one of Gaga's greatest hits um, in terms in terms of the writing, in terms of production. I just think everything about it works. Um, I also sent both you and Jeremy a meme of MJ Rodriguez of Pose in the shower singing um, the sort of like the high part. I'm on the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge. And it was titled, or at least someone had retweeted it saying, um, I'm at this point in quarantine the edge um (laughs) um i yeah i have no i have no notes on this song i think it's great yeah um i try i i will say to the audience what i said to you on break is just you know like we have sort of documented my checkered history with lady gaga throughout this podcast i am ultimately a fan i'm definitely a fan of her in certain periods more than others 
for this album, I tried to be as sort of objective as I could be, which means like, I think that there are some really, really great tracks here. And I think there are some like fucking whack tracks on this album. So I tried to be as fair as I could be. And I hope you don't think, um, well, it doesn't matter what you think. I, I was as fair as I could be. And Justin was as fair as they could be. And that's the podcast. It's I just do giving our opinions. a sweeping question as I'm yeah. going to pause that at the end of an album. Um, I like, I do think that in 2011, Lady Gaga was one of our artists that was like left of center in terms of politics um like what like can you name like what do you think and who do you think in 2011 was doing like that better a lot of artists i think well because i think that lady gaga sort of also occupies a center space right like even when we're talking about her being left of center we're talking about her being very in 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 mainstream culture right so i think that you know, quite a lot of artists are to her left. I don't know that a lot of artists were to her left publicly at that time that had her same amount of success. And I do think a lot of artists were way further left than her that were present in pop culture, but maybe not with her level of success. But I do think that like mainstream has some element of centrism. Like we see it in 2020 too, you know, like I think that, um, I do think, um, that, uh, when we talk about 2011, like this actually was when I stopped being like what I would call a stan um of her this album because I heard and I was like I I don't I don't love it like I don't love like I don't love the the lyric orient made I think it's late for that in 2011 I don't love a lot of the lyrics on this album I think it's late for that in 2011 I don't really care where you fall on your politics if you're still sort of like employing derogatory like like names that are derogatory in in sort of like a sense that you should know about like 2011 we have the internet we have twitter we have tumblr you know like there are ways that she could have educated herself and i um and, and also sort of coming from not necessarily a similar background because she's sort of raised quite to my knowledge, quite wealthy Italian-American in New York. But, you know, we both went to the same alma mater, NYU, um, just a few years apart from each other. I knew people who knew her. I knew people who dated her. And, like, I just um, feel like she, like, like, there was knowledge out there for her to have known better in 2011. So I do think that, like, when we're talking about the biggest stars of the era, it's not like there's a huge bevy of people further to the left of her, but when we're talking about artists who are well-known in pop culture, I do think that, like, she's sort of a centrist. I don't think, I do think that, like, she is a, like, a really, a touchstone for, like, 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 white queers, but I don't know that she's actually, um, like, a, she's certainly not a leftist. Yeah, I, I, what I want to talk about and just point to though is that like there were, there was so much discourse around her that was, um, that was really failing to even acknowledge a lot of these issues. Um, and I mean, 
and, to, and it took us, at, when you were making the point that pop music is very centrist, like it took us until like 2013 for Beyonce to like get everyone on the same page as to what the definition of a feminist is. Like, I think it's hard to for us to look at this album from the from our perspectives in 2020 and see it as a progressive album. But I do think that it had really nice progressive intentions. I do think that Gaga has educated herself and will continue to educate herself. And um, I don't think that we can discount this this album's um, cultural significance. Um, but I do think that we can, at this point, uh, raise some questions and raise some doubts. So that's all I'll say. No, I mostly agree with that. But I'll also say that I don't think Beyonce was the one who got us all on a, the same definition of feminist in 2013. Like, I think that she was the first, perhaps, to put it on, like, a major album. But that doesn't mean that she's the one defining what feminism is. Or that Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, who's the one that she cites on the album, is should be defining what feminist is because she's a fucking turf. Like, I just, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think that these pops um and i know that they do sort of influence public opinion but they are also influenced by people who were doing what they what they're doing before them you know um like yes and that's what i'll say about that um should we talk about our favorites let's do it you'd go first because we'll pull up the track list Okay, um, my favorites on this album. I think you and I, Edge of Glory and Judah. Mm, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to throw in some uh, like deluxe, <laughs> deluxe version tracks because I because I just love them. But um, I I like Mary the Night, Judas. Um, Fashion of His Love, Black Jesus, Amen Fashion, and You and I are my favorites. I guess I have to listen to this deluxe version of the album so I can hear those two tracks that you just referenced. Um, what do you rate this love album? It's something you would you would love wholeheartedly. <laughs> it's, what, how do you rate this album? Um, I Hold on, I have to drink because they told me to drink because I sang. You did sing. I'll drink too. Um, I'm going to rate this personally as a black box Cabernet Sauvignon because, um, I, because I think that it's one of those albums that is incredibly cohesive, even though it's not like there are so many different influences that she's pulled. Um, I think that she creates such an interesting uh, maximalist sort of sonicscape of music that's fun to listen to, that's joyous, that's exciting. Um, I think that she had the best of intentions. I would love to hear how she feels about it now. And I, I still, no matter what, I love listening to almost every track. Um. While you were talking, I remembered the word, um, listeners, you might remember a few minutes ago, I was like, what is the word when I was trying to talk about it being, you know, her referencing other tracks and like the word that I was thinking of that was close to referential, but not, um, I, I think I would rate this, um, it's not, 
it's not any of the boxes, but I'm I'm just gonna go with it because we're in weird times. I would rate this like a Moscato because I think it ages poorly and it's just not for me, but it is enjoyable, bubbly, and fun. Um, the word that I was thinking of instead of referential is derivative. Like I do think that like there's a conversation between like whether or not she's like referencing and sort of like evolving the tracks that um, she she is in conversation with and and for me it, it, it a little bit falls short of furthering the conversation sorry i'm trying to be i'm trying to be nice about this but like honestly this is a brawl i don't like this album a lot i think that there are some really brilliant tracks but like honestly on this there's so much fucking bullshit and so much shit that is like like at least it's interesting but it's also like you really wrote this and committed to this less than a decade ago? Like, honey, like, this is not, it's not cute. Like, I, I don't think that um, the tracks are necessarily, like, uh, as bad as art pop. <laughs> but, like, some of the tracks, like, are really difficult to listen to. And I'll bring up my run again. When I was on my run, this was the slowest run that I've done in forever because I kept hearing track after track and being like, what is happening? And I was just so befuddled that I could not move my second <laughs> place. I was like, what is happening here? And sometimes, as in government hooker, it was fun and like <laughs> offensive, but also like, you know, interesting. And sometimes I was just like, I don't know what, like, I can't even tell what the intentions were behind this. And I don't, yeah. So anyway. I think for me, it's a Moscato. Um, and I do think as I, as I'll reiterate, bubbly, fun, enjoyable to some people, just not my brand <laughs> of wine. You know, I mean, the thing about it is, is I don't want theater to, I don't want to produce any more Shakespeare's and, sure. and you don't want to well, listen he, to the porn anymore. <laughs> and i think that's fair <laughs> um i well i kind of agree i don't love producing more shakespeare i'm done um, with shakespeare. I, what i'm done with shakespeare i'm done he's done he's over he's fucking dead um <laughs> Um, so we're going to get into our thank yous. We want to thank all of our executive producers, um, Cameron Toy, Aaron Barnett, Jeremy Smith. Um, and again, usually we end our segments with karaoke. This time we are ending with a special game. It's going to be led by our executive producer, Aaron Barnett. Yes, Aaron, take it away. So we're about to play a game of trivia. It's 10 questions plus a bonus question. Um, and Aaron's going to like ask the question, and then for us to ring in and answer it, um, we're going to raise our hands and say, Gaga! Um, and whoever says it first gets to answer the question, and then if we don't get it right, then it, um, then it jumps to the other person. So. Okay. I'm ready. I'm scared. I'm prepared. Just, just so the listeners know, the theme of this trivia is Lady Gaga and Judas. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. So the first question is, what is Judas's last name? Ah, 
Gaga. <laughs> Kayla. Iscariot. Yes, that is correct. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Um, to, so that the listeners know, I went to church maybe 20 times before I turned 18. And then oh I my God, a true lapsed weave of it. <laughs> All right, the next question is about Lady Gaga. And the question is, which character in Guys and Dolls did Lady Gaga play in high school? Gaga. Justin. Adelaide. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that must have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A poison. Is how much did Judas get paid to betray Jesus? Cock. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla? <laughs> a sack of <laughs> a sack of gold coins. <laughs> that is incorrect, Justin. Do you have <laughs> um a couple wings? <laughs> no, that is also incorrect. The correct answer is 30 Wait. pieces of silver. Oh, that's okay. not a great deal. I don't know. In the Bible, no, that's not enough to betray oh, Jesus, <laughs> as Lady Gaga would say, Jesus Christo. <laughs> All right, our next question is Who is Lady Gaga's favorite cartoon character? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's gonna be just a shot in the dark. I don't know. Can we get a hint to you? No. Absolutely not. Is Gaga. Oh. Kayla? Bugs Bunny. Kayla, you are correct. Oh. <laughs> I'm so mad. That's, wait, what, her favorite cartoon character is Bugs Bunny? Is Bugs Bunny. Okay. <laughs> All right, our next question is, what happened to Judas after Jesus died? Gaga. Kayla. He was sad about his actions. He repented. Um, and then he eventually, um, and he like sort of like did atonement the way Saoirse Ronan did in the movie Atonement. Uh-huh. And then he died. <laughs> um, Justin, care to take it? It's, it's, it's I a, didn't get a, it right. A partial answer. Justin, do you have anything to add? Gaga. he felt bad he confessed um and then he walked into the ocean okay so that was worse (laughs) (laughs) the the correct answer is that he tried to return the silver and then he hung himself from a tree you know what i fucking knew that because of jesus christ superstar why am i oh i can't remember the words of andrew lloyd Webber. i'm so sorry dude no because there's that moment where like in in jesus christ superstar where he's like i suck i'm such a bad human i should just die and then he runs off stage and depending on the production they either have some sort of like semblance of a hanging or he like runs off sort of like runs um, you know, in Black Swan, where she like jumps off this um, the the platform, and it looks like she sort of jumps off a cliff. It's like sometimes they do that. 
<laughs> it should have been it should have been Judas Judas Judas. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I take the quickest of breaks? Yeah, we're Sorry, taking I have a to break. Let's take a break. One. I'm just a holy rolling baby. But I won't know this trivia, baby. <laughs> um, welcome back. Finishing trivia. Here we go. Uh, yes. All right. Our question um is does Lady Gaga prefer cats? Or dogs. Gaga. That was the same. <laughs> it was at the same time. It was at the same time. Do you want to say it on three okay. and we'll both so on so on this so on this side it was Kayla and then Justin. Yeah. On this, on this side, side it was, was Justin and Kayla. Yeah. Oh fuck. Okay, so it was literally the same time. So we should say it at the same time. Ready? Okay. One, <laughs> two, three. Dogs. You both are yes. correct. Yes. Lady Gaga does pr- prefer dogs. Yeah. yeah. A team effort. That was a good question. <laughs> I only remember because she posted you. that whole Chromatica thing with her dogs. And she's like, I'm not releasing the album, but here are my bulldogs. She has dogs, but she I don't believe she has cats. That's how I knew. No, which is actually surprising for her because she loves haunt like spooky movies. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Okay, our next question is How did Judas secretly reveal Jesus' identity in the Gaga? Kayla? He he kissed him. You are correct. Judas did kiss Jesus. Yay! (laughs) Oh, we love. That's so fun. (laughs) Wow. The Bible sounds kind of cute. <laughs> Just in this one instance where uh, somebody's betraying someone else, do they kiss? That's like the only kiss in the Bible. Otherwise, it's just fucking, fucking. It's just I fucking. Mean, that's hot, though. Like a betrayal kiss. It's like a very Killing Eve way to do it. It is. It is very sort of like Eve Villanelle. <laughs> okay, our next question about Lady Gaga is. Which toy was Lady Gaga inspired by as a child? Mm. Gaga. Kayla? Barbie. Incorrect. Justin? Oh, shit. Uh, it's not Hello Kitty because that's Katy Perry and she's basic. Um, a voodoo doll. No, that is also incorrect. <laughs> um, the answer is My Little Pony. Um, okay, I have, sure. I have, a quote, I have a quote from Lady Gaga to read about My Little Pony. I was obsessed with the idea of a creature that was born with something magical that made them the misfit in the world of the stallion. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. My Little Pony. <laughs> All right. Our next question is, what was Judas's job as one of the apostles? Gaga? Justin? I didn't have an answer. I just wanted to say Gaga. (laughs) Um, Nothing. He did nothing. Nope. (laughs) That is wrong. Gaga. Kayla? This is wrong. Maybe. He was the scribe? (laughs) No. Gaga. (laughs) All right, Justin? He was a podcaster. Nope. (laughs) 
Judas was actually the treasurer. Um, it is noted in the Bible that he did steal from from the treasury of the apostles. Oh so, shit! Yeah. <laughs> Not great, not great. He just really wanted some money is the problem. Yeah, he was hard-pressed for cash, like all of us. <laughs> we understand Judas. It makes sense now. <laughs> I mean, I would betray. Maybe not. Maybe. Well, it just depends on how nice Jesus is to me. For more than three, 30 silver coins, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that going rate is fucking low. Because that's you know what? they're going to kill him, and you're like, really, a human life is worth 30 pieces of silver? Like, I do feel like... More. I feel more. like that's how much the Republicans gave us for... Like, Truly, that's our stimulus check, is 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our final question before we move into the bonus questions is, who does Gaga believe is the queen of pop? Gaga. Justin? Madonna. Nope. She loves Madonna. Gaga. Kayla? Whitney. Nope. Gaga. (laughs) Justin? Is it Kylie? (laughs) Nope. Gaga. Kayla? No, I'm gonna get it wrong. I'm just naming people. Mariah? No. I was gonna ask. Um Gaga. Justin. Beyonce. Nope. Gaga. Kayla. Wait, let me think of someone else that would have been. Oh, I bet I know. She's done a big you you just go, Justin. You just go. I don't have any. Justin. Is it Celine? No. Should I reveal the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. This is a mess. All right. Lady Gaga believes that the queen of pop is Britney Spears. Oh! Yes! You should have known. With taste. She wrote telephone for her, so honestly. Wow. I love that. Okay, so bonus questions, right? We have two bonus questions related to the rest of our trivia. Are these worth more points? What? These are worth three points versus the one points of the previous ones? Okay, okay. Should we reveal the 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 no. score? No, we're not revealing the score until the end. Kayla, so. we're doing badly. <laughs> And we're not doing great. No. All right. So the first bonus question is, how many times does Lady Gaga say Jesus in the original Born This Way album? 14 tracks, not the the 18 tracks. Okay. Okay. And are we going on Gaga or or are we going on who's correct after a certain amount of time? Or who's closest? Yeah, I think it's who's closest. So write down your answers. <laughs> write them. D- I don't have a piece of paper or a pencil. <laughs> well, am I supposed to write anything down? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm just going to say right, that. Let's just like, on, talk you, through you, the logic. No, no you can't. No, no, no. No talking. No talking. Two seconds to decide. Ten. Nine, eight, seven. Okay, are you both ready? Are you both ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Again, this is in response to how many times Lady Gaga says Jesus in the Born This Way album. Wait, sorry, Jesus or Jesus. Gaga? Yes, this is Jesus. 
Wait, I'm sorry. I was counting Gaga's. One second. One second. I'm sorry. I just need a second. Ten. Nine. Eight. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Who? I'll go okay, first. Justin, what, what is your answer? I like to ring in and say right. that uh, uh, 26 is my answer. <laughs> okay, Kayla, what is what is your answer? Four. <laughs> Okay, so the correct answer um, in the original album is seven. Oh, damn. <laughs> so Kayla is the winner for this question. Um, in in the extended release, it is 23. What? So, however, we were not going off of that album. So. Okay, but I only listened to the extended, so. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. I still lost. All right, and the, the final question is, how many times does Lady Gaga say Gaga in the Born This Way album? Original album, right? The original album, yes. Okay, I'm ready. Bitch. Okay, you go first, Kayla. Ten. Justin? Twenty. The correct answer is 22. Woo! <laughs> okay, so who won? It, was, it had to be Kayla. Um, the, the final score is... Justin with five points and Kayla with seven. Woo! Oh, wow, it was close. Great game, everyone. Good job, Kayla. Thrilling end to this episode. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. We, um, we made it through. You know, we had our disagreements, and I think we can agree to disagree about this album. Yeah. And, but I do think that what we can agree upon is that it is enjoyable. You know, like there is fun to be had. There are laughs, there are dances, there are, I do think that it's a fun album for quarantine in that like, again, you won't be bored. Like <laughs> there is something for everyone. And, um, you know, I feel like the death of art is, is, is work that, you know, has, has absolutely nothing to say. And we cannot say that about this album. <laughs> um, what I will say is this. Um, I know that after two or three vodka cranberries, Kayla will dance like a slut with me to government hooker no matter what. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a vodka cran, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so thank you all so much for listening. Like, rate, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever else you do. Um, stay healthy, stay yeah. safe, tune back in when we talk next time about, I think we agreed we're talking about future fucking nostalgia. If you want to call something derivative, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just interesting to talk about albums like you know we just talked about Emancipation of Mimi which we have 15 years on we talk about this album which we have nine years on and future nostalgia I feel like we do have, when we talk about it we'll have different lenses on just because this album is uh, m not even like a month old as opposed to some of these other albums which have been in the zeitgeist and we've had time to to respond critically and, and to sort of see how the work holds up over time get ready for some problematic takes here we go. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a great night, day, Bye. whatever time of life it is. Bye.